Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Good morning and welcome back, everybody, to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. We are excited to have you join us for this series that salutes and recognizes women that are making an impact in our community. Today is my pleasure to introduce Renee Enterman. I am joined by her in studio. Um, first and foremost, our show is presented by CAB Incorporated. I think you know Miss Terry John Bell at CAB. We'll do a quick little um, blurb for her. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. This series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. All right, thanks, Renee, for letting me do my little read. Welcome back to the show. You have appeared on our Business Radio X a couple times now, and I'm thrilled to have you sitting across from me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Now, I think that um, the majority of our listeners have gotten a chance to know the Renee that most of the world is seeing today. I am interested in bringing our listeners the story of where Renee came from. So if we could rewind the clock and start maybe with um, your college education. Well, um, I actually am from Gwinnett County, and uh, I went to school originally because Gwinnett County did not have a... uh, a higher education after high school I went to uh, DeKalb Tech and uh, DeKalb College that later changed to Perimeter that later changed to Georgia State and I went there uh, became a medical office assistant and then I went downtown to Georgia State University rode Marta on the bus went to Georgia State and I uh, went to nursing school there and I did my training at Grady Hospital in wow. downtown Atlanta and then I went on to school at the University of Georgia and got my social work degree. University of Georgia. That, I'm a bulldog that, that all bulldogs. the way. Hey yeah that seems to be a popular school in this studio. Yeah. Okay so you you had quite the journey there in itself that you mentioned um, from the medical field to social work and I guess they kind of go hand in hand a little bit with servitude and having a big heart. Um, what led you to the path of medical and then on to social work? Well, I had really no idea that I would pursue that. I always wanted to be a nurse, but when I became a nurse, I understood the patients that I was taking care of, that their secondary home issues, their their life issues, and their life skills and, and their current condition were lacking. And, you know, it's hard to take care of a person if you don't take care of them holistically. And a lot of times those secondary uh, issues had an effect on their health care. And that's when I went back to school at the University of Georgia, and I had no idea. And now it's kind of in vogue to have those two different disciplines combined together. And uh, it's proved to be very beneficial, and especially in uh, being an elected official. It became very beneficial because um, when you were solving constituent complaints, um, I used both both of those disciplines uh, in social work and nursing. I can imagine. And um, just the, the heart, the big heart that you have to serve both capacities, as you mentioned. And when, then- when I became the mayor in the city of Loganville, I had no idea how to be a mayor. I didn't even really know what a mayor was, but I knew how to do a nursing care plan. 
and I literally took care of the city of Loganville with a nursing care plan wow. because that's what the skills I was taught in yeah. school. And it was so beneficial because, you know, you, you find a problem, you diagnose the problem, you have an intervention, and then you have a long-term plan. And that's how I ran the city of Loganville, and it was very successful for me. Wow, that's amazing to hear how you were able to translate the skills. I know, you would never medical. think. Yeah. You would never think, and this was in the 1980s. And uh, you would never think that, you know, but you have to be resourceful. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to deal the hand that's been dealt to you and learn to adapt. And, uh, you know, most of the people in the community didn't know that I was doing that. But every single day I had a nursing care plan for the city of Loganville. That's amazing. Yeah. Nursing care plan. You should coin that. I wonder how other, <laughs> how many other medical professionals have been able to use that same Oh, they do. Training. I've yeah. actually, I go to a lot of nursing schools and, and give speeches. And, and I mentor a lot of nurses that are coming along the way. And I always tell them, never forget your skills. And, you know, nursing is very uh, communication oriented. In it because the first thing you do when you walk in a room you say how are you feeling how are you doing and having that conversation and that's really what helped me adapt into politics because I could communicate very well and also I think people saw in me that I was very sincere mm-hmm. that I really wanted to take care of you just like I did when I was a nurse mm-hmm. I can see that too mm-hmm. and the, the approachable aspect you are very approachable yes. and knowledgeable as well so we've steered into the medical, and then you went to social work. I know that you're a Gwinnishian, long-time resident. Yes. Did you practice your social work here in Gwinnett? No, I really never practiced as a social worker. Um, I say I never practiced, but I used it every single day because, um, you know, the complexity of government and the bureaucracy and um, e- even not even uh, social needs, but... Um, trying to solve problems and you use those social work skills Skills. and it was very beneficial yes so you got that just as a feather in your cap to help support all the things that you're doing yes that's what my undergraduate degree is in very Mm -hmm. nice Mm -hmm. well let's talk about some of the challenges that you might have experienced while you're kind of charting those waters uh, leading up to where you're at today I can imagine as a strong powerhouse woman navigating those two fields and now into your your career as a politician talk about some of the hurdles that you've had to surmount as a woman Mm -hmm. um, in this field and just personal personal um, strengths and weaknesses well hear me roar because when I first started out in politics uh, you know there was very very few women not just in Gwinnett County not just in Atlanta but in the state of Georgia and you know you didn't have role models and uh, I think that's why I endeavor to to bring uh, young girls in particular under my wing because I didn't have that advantage but what I did have was a lot of older men and when I say older they really weren't older they were older than me because I was in my 30s and they were probably in their 50s 60s and 70s but they really took me under their wing and they really believed and saw something in me that I didn't see in myself And they taught me those skills that I had not typically been taught in a man's world. And when you're considering back in the 80s, you know, there there wasn't even that many women in, in the business sector. They may have been there, but they were not in the hierarchy and had not gone through that glass ceiling. So, you know, I felt very fortunate to have 
unbelievable mentors right here in Gwinnett County. Uh, one of them was Wayne Shackelford, and he was actually my extension agent when I was in high school. Wow. And so he knew me from when I was like 12 years old, mm-hmm. and he watched me grow. And I really think it takes a different kind of man that sees the the spirit and the attribute and the drive and they're willing to step out of the box to to extend a hand to mm-hmm. a woman to give a woman a hand up and that's exactly what Wayne Shackelford did for me he followed me throughout my whole career and throughout his career and he he became the Georgia State uh, DOT commissioner and was a very very powerful man and but he never forgot his roots he never forgot Gwinnett County he never got the people that that he brought along with him and his coattails were so deep and when you talk to successful women in Gwinnett County a lot of them will say Wayne Shackelford hands down so he's he's been making an impact in the community for quite a while in various different ways. Yes. Now that you, when you said that his name sounded familiar, and when you said DOT, I think that that's what brought it. Yeah, back. Yeah, the, the interchange is named after him. Yeah, here in Gwinnett County. Yeah. You mentioned a couple things that I'd like to um, revisit. You mentioned the importance of role models um, mm-hmm. growing up, and you mentioned giving that hand or being given that hand. So I can only imagine that you yourself now um, put a lot of. Uh, effort into mentoring others yes I have I I know you do some work with some some gals why don't you tell us about it well over the years it's been my mission that no matter where I go I take others with me and I've been just just blessed to have a number of young people especially at the state capitol and we have a lot of interns at the state capitol and I always request to have females and I am biased and I admit I'm biased And I asked to have female interns because I want them exposed to my world and to see how I operate. And uh, I've also been fortunate being at the state capitol. You know, we have very good universities, Georgia State. um, And this is before Georgia Gwinnett College, but Georgia Tech. And I would always request, in particular, students, female students from Georgia Tech because I knew they were working in the same world that I was working in because they would be in the minority at Georgia Tech. And a lot of them were in engineering schools, international studies, things like that. And I wanted to show them and give them confidence that they could transpose those skills at Georgia Tech and come over to the Capitol and be in the political world. And it was essentially the same. And that if you could be successful at one, you could be successful at anything. So over the years, I've had a lot of students. A lot of those Georgia Tech students went on to law school. Hmm. I have one that's working on Wall Street uh, as a, uh, a an attorney. I have one that's down on the coast um, that ha- became an assistant district attorney down on the coast of Georgia. And now she's has her own private law practice. I mean, I have wow. so many success mm-hmm. stories. And when you ask me, what have I done in my career? What have I done in my uh, political life? I say, it wasn't about me. It was about bringing the others along with me. Building future leaders. Mm -hmm. Well, I bet that's exciting to keep up now with social media. You can stay connected on Facebook. And just to see them flourish Mm -hmm. and know that you had a a small Mm -hmm. part in that. That's very exciting. I have a group of kids that I've mentored here in in Gwinnett and Forsyth and North Fulton that are um, uh, Indian. And uh, I brought them along and mentored them for seven years, and it's a different class every single year. And and just that, you know, I, I always tell them they give me more than I could ever give them. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, their exposure to the political world. And the most important thing I do with them is teach them communication skills and relationships and the value of relationships. They are so valuable. Mm -hmm. And as as we grow and and advance in our careers and life, as we were just talking before the show, relationships are so foundational. And if you keep um, adding fuel to them, they can circulate for the rest of your life. Exactly. I do just have to share something funny with our listeners because you and I were chatting um, before the show. Renee actually happens to know uh, one of my kindergarten and fifth grade teachers from back in the day, um, Miss Sam. Sam's and her husband, who was formerly Judge Sam's. So that's a perfect example of, of things going full circle. And she was a great proponent in my life as well. Yes. So it's very exciting. You never to know hear. who sets the foundation and, and those footprints they leave, not on your, on your, in your brain, but also on, on your, your heart. heart. Yeah. And that spirit, you know, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You got to have that motivation, that drive and that compassion. And I think that's what makes you an all around better person. Mm-hmm. And I can see that you you exude that. Um, it's very exciting, Renee. Let's talk about some of, of um, the initiatives that you stand behind as far as philanthropy. Are you a part of any organizations? Are you part of, of any um, nonprofits? Do you participate well, in anything I, like that? That's a great anyway. question. Uh, you know, since I've been in politics for so long, I, I've had the advantage of, of being affiliated with a lot of different nonprofits. And out here in Gwinnett County, we, we have just been blessed. And when you look at that combination of, of the private sector, the nonprofit world, um, and and then the business sector, that really is truly what has made Gwinnett great mm-hmm. because it takes a team. And you have to stand out and not just stand out in the state of Georgia, but stand out in the nation. And to me, that's what has done it. And if you look at, you know, you've got the big umbrella organizations like the United Way and, and different foundations, but... Um, here in Gwinnett, I helped start a long time ago, uh, Aid Gwinnett, and it was when HIV-AIDS was first coming out onto the scene. And if you look at it as one of the most uh, successful nonprofits, along with Aid Atlanta. Um, and then the other one that is near and dear to my heart is Friends of Gwinnett County Senior Services. Mm-hmm. And it was the first nonprofit uh, public partnership in the United States and it's been replicated all over the United States and its goal is to take care of senior citizens uh, through a nonprofit status with the government that government can't be all things for all people and you bring in the nonprofit and the donations and helping whether it's food insecurity housing needs shelter and you know it's just done phenomenal. It's won all kinds of awards. And then my last one, I could talk about nonprofits because I've been in the nonprofit world for so long, uh-huh. is Street Grace. And that was started right here in Gwinnett County. And it was started uh, uh, when I went to uh, 12 Stone Church. Mm. And I told them about the issue of child sex trafficking. Mm. And I'll never forget. And they said, Renee, we're going to do something about it. And they actually started the nonprofit. And it is one of the most successful in the United States around the issue of uh, child sex trafficking, uh, uh, labor issues, anything related to exploitation, but in particular exploitation of women. It's so sad to hear those things, those words come out of your mouth, but it's the ugly truth. Um, As we sit here in a hotel, if you just simply go to the restrooms, there are signs. um, I wrote that law. Did you? I wrote that law. That's amazing. I see. I'm 
I know exactly what you're talking about. I see them yeah. everywhere. And yeah. good for you. I tip my hat to you because you know what? I always wondered why they were placed there, but it could just save yeah. a life if that young you know girl what? goes into the You know the how bathroom. it got started? I was uh, on a trip to South Georgia. You know, I travel all over the state as a state senator, and I was on a trip, and I had stopped down below Macon. And, you know, it's real desolate when you get down on I-16. And even I-75, there's a lot of truck traffic. And um, I went in the restroom, and I was thinking to myself, you know, how many kids come through here that, that you know, they may have been abducted or, or uh, run away or whatever circumstance, and, and, you know, they have to have a restroom break, mm-hmm. and they come in here. And if there was just a sign to say, you know, call this number if you're in trouble, and it has saved so many lives. I can imagine. It really has. That that, that was a, that well, was a great law. It's a law now for Yes. public places to have it in the restroom right yeah it's uh bars uh any place there there is the uh, higher incidence mm-hmm. of uh trafficking uh all the restrooms on the interstates mm-hmm. have, them. have them uh bars uh strip clubs hotels um, hotels restaurants. yes restaurants wow. and it has to be uh visible yes it is and sometimes it's in two languages and you know what's good about it we have volunteers around the state that go and check and make sure those signs are up mm-hmm. You know, now I'll keep my eye open. If I happen not to see one, I'll make mention because it is so true. Mm-hmm. Well, kudos to you for that initiative. That right there is, is a mm-hmm. monster. And um, God bless all well, the people. Well, Street Grace are- has been phenomenal. People don't really understand in Gwinnett County the impact that it's had across the country. But um, now it's a compilation over um, 100 churches faith-based organizations here in the state of Georgia and they've actually expanded into Texas, Tennessee. They're all over the southeast and they're based right here in Norcross. Wow. I'll have to I'll have to give it a Google. Street mm-hmm. Grace and what a cute name too. Mm-hmm. Street Grace. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all of your philanthropic efforts. I do just want to um, have a quick word from one of our sponsors, and that is McCarthy Building Companies. McCarthy is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and that's why they are thrilled to support the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. Um, diversity is something that um, women particularly experience in the workplace. Um, are you able to share any challenges that you have experienced maybe in your race as a woman? Well, I think it's changed so dramatically. Unfortunately, it has changed. You know, I've been in the workforce and, and been in the public sector since the 80s. And if I look at what's changed, it's phenomenal. But also at the same time, when I'm looking at what's changed, I see how far we have to go. And uh, one of my big issues has always been pay equity, that females make the same pay as males. And, you know, we're we're reaching and we're growing and uh, we're doing better, but I think we have a long ways to go. And uh, um, it's exciting, though. Mm-hmm. When I look back and when I look at the Capitol and I see how many uh, women who have risen, whether they are state employees or whether they're lobbyists, and I'm just so proud uh, to have associates like that because I know how hard I had to struggle. Mm-hmm. And I know when you're looking at that forest and you're looking at those trees and you don't see anybody that looks like you, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult no matter what you think. And um, it's just a good thing. And Gwinnett County, I'm so proud of Gwinnett County. Um, 
when I grew up, it, it did not have that diversity. And now that diversity is, is really like a, a, it's like a quilt that we have put together. And uh, it's just so exciting. And I think that's what makes us stand out. Because you've always got to stand out and be better than everyone else. And I think that is what's going to propel us in the future. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy of a quilt. Um, I've only been in Gwinnett here for three years, and it is quite the mix. Uh, you can't really put put your finger on any direction or, mm-hmm. or anything. I like to call it a melting pot, and that's mm-hmm. part of um, the reason it has such a rich history. Right. I enjoy right. I enjoy being a transplant. Mm-hmm. I would like to um, applaud you because you not only um, carry the, the weight, or not weight, that's not a good word, uh, you not only shoulder um, your responsibilities within the Senate, but also as formerly a nurse and as a mother Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about work-life integration and how you're able to keep balance in in all of the worlds that you participate in I think it's it's not just me it's every woman um you want to have some semblance of a balance and sometimes it gets out of kilter and I think the most important thing to me is not to punish yourself and not to to say you know I didn't do good you know, you got to look forward and you can say, I'm going to do better. And I think women are tougher on themselves than they need to be. And I think they also get worn down. And the other thing that I think they do when I look at other women, I think they don't give themselves the benefit of the doubt and they don't take enough time for themselves. You can't take care of others unless you take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. And they often don't do those things. They put other people in front of them. And that's good for a while, but eventually that fissure shows up. And that's when you have to step back and say, whoa, let's get this back in kilter. That That's very true. Um, what is it? The self-love. You got you to gotta love yourself first, and then you can, you can yes. love others. Mm-hmm. I'd say um, I probably need to uh, adjust the balance in my world <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but we're all off kilter because of the quarantine. So yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I love to ask the powerhouse ladies that I've had the pleasure of interviewing is, what is your why? So when you wake up and you, your feet hit the ground in the morning, what motivates you to get going for your day? What is that initial thought that gets you revved up and in gear? Uh, my initial thought is taking care of others. And if you look at my background, that's what I've done. And uh, I feel a huge responsibility to be able to do that. And it, it really is self-gratification. Because if I can solve a problem or I can help another person, that's really what makes me feel good in my own self-worth. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's kind of selfish. I don't know. But but that's really what motivates me. And, and it's a good thing because how do you change culture? How do you change society if you're always inward-looking and not outward-looking and thinking of better things, thinking out of the box and how to make the world a better place? And what really is your legacy? What are you leaving behind? And what have you accomplished? And that's what really motivates me. I like that legacy. Well, you have a a rich legacy as it is, as you sit here in front of me. So I can only imagine the legacy that you're continuing to build. Um, As a successful powerhouse woman juggling your career and family life, um, time management is very important for all of us. What do you do in the first 90 minutes of your day, Renee? Well, let's get out of the house usually. (laughs) You get out of the house in 90 minutes. No, you know, it depends. It could be. It, it fluctuates. You know, I, my life is revolved around the state capitol, and, you know, my mornings start out at 5 o'clock, and, you know, you're you're at a breakfast at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. So it, it really is flexible and dependent. 
And, you know, when I'm driving down the expressway and I look at all the other women in the car and I think, you know, I'm in my 60s now and and that girl sitting next to me, she's already gotten up and gotten a two and a three year old off to school and fed. And, you know, she's worried about them for the rest of the day. And I have that leisurely ability to say, I've already raised my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about that. So it's very, very complex. And I think you, you really have to, when you go through those decades of your life, you really have to learn to adjust. Mm-hmm. You have to find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and you have to adjust. And you have to be flexible. And that's what I've found the difference in women and men. Women are so used to multitasking mm-hmm. and that pressure of multitasking that it almost becomes natural. And you have to use that to your advantage. And that's exactly what I've done in politics. You know, I can switch from one subject matter to another subject matter on the floor of the Senate in 15 minutes. And and it comes from that experience of, of multitasking as a woman. Mm-hmm. I, cheers to that. Um, I don't know if you, if you follow Shark Tank at all, but one of the people on Shark Tank, I listen to their podcast, and they always um, ask, what do you do in the first 90 minutes of your day? And I'm always surprised to hear these people that get in a full workout and all their meal prep and this project. And I'm like, I've made coffee. Yes. And I let my dog out. <laughs> yes. But I always find it very interesting, everybody's answers. Um, Renee, I very much enjoyed chatting with you. Is there anything else that you're enthusiastic about or that you'd like to share for our listeners? We do have um, a wide range of listeners out there, not only young women, but some men that are listening out there as well. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with uh, as a little nugget from Renee? Well, I'm just proud to uh, be a part of Gwinnett County. When I look back on my life and I see that I graduated from Burtmore High School and I've spent my whole life here and what we've accomplished here and for you to be having a show specifically about women is so important because like I said I didn't have that when I came along and uh, if we're all in the boat together the boat rises together and I think that's so important that that we pass the skills and the love and that compassion and that's what makes our community better. I agree. And the drive, simply sitting here across from you, the energy is just so <laughs> strong. And I am invigorated after these interviews. Uh, you mentioned um, having the ability to have this show. And I do want to give a great thanks to Terry Jondal, who is the um, number one supporter of this series. Not only is she is is an exemplary powerhouse woman but she truly stands behind this cause so when we joined forces um we didn't either of us knew how popular that it would become but now um powerhouse women has become um a very common term in the area well i think i think people are searching Mm -hmm. and especially women are searching and you're filling in a gap and it's a necessary gap that is going to make our society better mm-hmm. and is very appreciative. Yes, and I find mm-hmm. that everybody that leaves um, after they've become a guest, we all remain in touch. So I feel like this this network of powerhouse women is just growing and growing, and who knows where we'll be in a couple years. That's exactly ah. right. I'm so proud of y'all. Thanks, Renee. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I do have to just um, give a message really quick from one of our other supporters, and that is Cat Rangers. Cat, Cat Rangers, Rangers is saving, saving lives of cats, cats and kittens, kittens one, one paw, paw at, at a time. time. They are they are the special, special forces of cat, cat rescue, rescue, and all, all of their felines recover, recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. homes. Cat, cat Rangers is growing rapidly, rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. support. Please, Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. today. Oh, yes. That's our little fur babies over there in Buford. If you guys are looking for a friend um, to keep you company during the quarantine or just a forever loving pet, 
go check out catrangers.org. Again, I wanted to thank Renee for joining us today. Renee, if anybody's interested in learning more about your campaign, give them the site that they can visit. Uh, they could go to reneeenterman.org, and I appreciate that so much. Of course. Well, for all of you listening out there, this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women. If you enjoy our show, please hit that subscribe button. Please like, rate, and review our podcast. We do come to you live every Friday at 1130 a.m. And um, again, I just thank you all for, for joining us today. And this has been uh, Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Gwinnett Business Radio X. Thank you.